0: that. All right, ladies, you feeling good? Just so you know, none of these women have been prepped. We have, we have really, we haven't practiced. We're just being organic today. Is that okay? So I had to warn to not to watch her language because I don't know what she's going to say up here. <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, I'll quickly go through the, uh, the women really quickly. This is Michelle Hostetter. Over here, and then next to her is Crystal Cunningham. Next to her is uh, Jordan Gill, and down on the end, Mary Sanders, LaToya Guyton, Shirley Thomas, and CeCe Hanna. One time, can you give it up for them this morning? So, every single one of you represent a different story in our church. And though there are many, you guys represent different kinds of things going on in the lives of people in our church. And so I just am going to kinda move around. Second service may be totally different, but I think I wanna start with uh, Michelle back in the corner back there, who is her and her husband are, how long have you guys been coming to the church? It's been just a little over a year. A little over a year. And why don't you tell me a little bit about where you guys, Tell me a little bit of your story.
1: Um, So, we are a blended family. Um, I bring three into the marriage, he brings two into the marriage. Um, We moved here from Michigan, and one of the first things that everybody kept telling us before we got married is that, are you sure you wanna do this? It's gonna be really hard. You know, there's a lot of baggage that would be brought into this marriage. And, you know, him and I sat and talked, and we're like, well, people say baggage. When I hear baggage, I think Gucci, Louis Vuitton, Prada. (laughs) Like, that is not what's gonna come into this. So we talked to each other, and we thought, it's kind of more like dressers. Like, we're bringing dressers into this because when you have dressers, you know, they're full of stuff. Stuff that may not supposed to be in the drawers. Mm. And we all know that in your dressers, like once a year, once every six months, you go and you clean those things out. So, and it takes time. Like you can tell your kids a million times, go clean your dresser, put your clothes away right. Socks will be where the underwear is supposed to be. You've got shirts where the jeans are supposed to be. So we just let everybody bring their dresser. And we just took time to go through those dressers, clear them out, there were some things that they didn't want to get rid of out of their dressers and we were perfectly fine with that. But the first thing that we knew we had to do to make this blend work was forgiveness. A lot, lot of forgiveness because we didn't just wake up one morning and say, well, we're done with our current circumstances. We just really wish for a blended family. It it didn't happen like that. So there was a lot of forgiveness that we had to do of wrongs that we thought were done to us, things that we took part in that we know we hurt others, and we had to forgive ourselves for regret that we felt, for things that we thought we could have done differently. And in bringing this blend together, we knew that each and every one of our children are different. We love them all the same, we love them unconditionally, but we care for them and we treat them differently. And that's based according to their needs because not each and every one of them has their own needs. And what works for us may not work for somebody else, but what I can say what will never work is not having God at the center of all of it.
0: That's good, that's really good. And what I think is important for people to understand is that a blended family doesn't mean a broken family and you represent those families in our church, and some of you as well, that sometimes you, you kinda end up in situations where you kinda have a, what I hear referred to as his, hers, and ours. You kinda got a little bit of everything going on in the house, and navigating those unique conversations with exes, and unique conversations with in-laws, and, and those kids not, you know, trying to earn the respect of this role, and, and what, what would you say to a parent that's navigating those waters?
1: Um, I just, the biggest thing is just to be honest and to extend a tremendous amount of grace, a tremendous amount of grace and be able to be humble enough to accept corrective criticism because it's gonna come. That every day is not easy at all. Like we have some really intense moments of fellowship in our house (laughs) and you know,
0: I'm going to kill you in Jesus' name.
1: (laughs) Um, And we also have to be the ones to, we have a thing that we practice, and it's GPS. Give personal space. We know that we want everything to be solved right away, and, you know, I'm one that carries all my emotions and my heart on my sleeve. My feelings are hurt very easily, and... My defense mechanism is to lash out, but I don't mean to be like that. It's just that I'm hurt. I don't know what else to do. I don't know what else to say, Mm. but I just try my best and I have my rock over there. I'm telling you, oh gosh, God sent me a good one. He really, really did. I mean, I cannot say enough about that man. Like we are a team till the end, I promise you.
0: That's awesome, that's awesome. Good man. You know, when people see you two serving around here, because you're kind of doing, you got your hands in everything. I'll look up here and they're involved with baptisms and then they're doing something with students and they're just everywhere. You know, uh, what's an interesting thing that maybe people don't realize is that you have, I think it's his son, right? Mm -hmm. Tyler is your boy? Okay, oh, there's Tyler right there. You'll see Tyler in worship over here. Maybe you've seen him in the lobby, and I don't wanna embarrass you, Tyler, but you're in the middle of a miracle right now. I just wanna tell everybody what God's doing in your life. How old are you, Tyler? 21. He had some medical issues as a baby, right? And they said, like, how'd this go? 16. He was diagnosed, and what was he, what was he diagnosed with? Good luck, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> What is it? P-A-H. Got it. And what that means is he's on the list right now. He is waiting on a call any second. Any second. He's moved up on the list. Any second for lung transplants. Right now, in this room. They could get a call at any second. And we're praying for that call to come in Jesus' name. What's amazing about Tyler is you'll see him with his oxygen mask, oxygen tank on him in the, in the gang vocals singing. And that's, that's something in this family, it's amazing. How have you guys navigated that?
1: Um, I'm not gonna lie, like the first three years, I mean, there was a lot of crying. A lot of it we tried not to do in front of Tyler because we didn't wanna make it about us, even though we were hurting and it changed our focus on everything we knew that as parents, we weren't the only ones. We weren't the only ones hurting. We weren't the only ones that were sad about Tyler. The siblings were sad. Everybody was dealing in a different way. But for myself, I, I began to feel guilty mm-hmm. for how much I love him because I thought, I don't wanna take that love from his mom. And then I began to feel guilty about the tears that I would cry for him because I felt like I was stealing her tears, mm. even though I, you know, I do love him so much but I just, the guilt was overwhelming. Mm. And, you know, Scott and I, we lay awake at night, we have conversations, we talk, um, and then we just began to tell ourselves, you know, yeah, the doctors say that it could be any day. You know, every visit we went to, we didn't really get good news. And then the last visit, you know, they said, well, Tyler's at a point now where, and, and this is not a secret, Tyler knows this, that he could have a conversation with you and he could pass away in front of you. They give Mm -hmm. it some big word, medical word, but you know, on the drive home we're talking and all emotions are going around and we just thought, I said, Tyler, I could walk out in the street and get hit by a semi. We're all dying, literally all of us are. I could go before you, your dad could go before you, so we're not gonna live, you know, like we're dying. We're gonna live like you're living. We're planning for your future. We're gonna plan for that. And we make, you know, they say laughter's a good medicine. I mean, we make a lot of jokes about it. Like I just did right now. He's like, break a leg, mom. I said, yeah, I'm gonna cut your oxygen off here in a second. Oh
0: my God. You know. (laughs) Whoa, I just took a, I thought you were gonna say something crazy, (laughs) Cece. Whoa, we almost landed the plane. We just lost some families over you, buddy. I you, I'm just kidding. As long as he's laughing, we're good. I'm afraid to look over there, honestly. <laughs> what do we do now? I'm just kidding. Tyler, we pray over you in Jesus' name that the call will come, health will come, healing will come in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for scaring me. Can I come down to Miss Shirley? Now, there was only one person I had to borderline get on my knees and beg to join me today. Now, how many of you have been hugged by this woman at some point? And that look at that.
2: Pretty much everyone.
0: Oh, what'd you say? I said
2: pretty much everyone.
0: Everybody, I saw her at a gas station, hugging strangers, come here. How long have you been coming to this church?
3: 45
0: years. You were, I believe, one of the original charter members of this church, is that right? Yes. Isn't that something? I love seeing her at church every weekend and she's always hugging everybody and just you have left such a lasting impact. You may not think of it, but I'm telling you, People go every day and need a hug, and you just hug our whole church. You're like our church grandmother. We love you so much. We do.
3: Thank you. I love all of y'all, too.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And this is your daughter, Cece. A lot of people don't know. Yes, this is your daughter. I
2: didn't know that for a long time. I was like, who's this woman that hunts me down every Sunday to hug me? Yeah. Who's
0: Cece's mom? The we, yeah, why you you, your mom hugs better than you. I hate to tell you. <laughs> no, I'm just, yeah, she's <laughs> you got all the sweet. the uh, um, I was gonna ask you this, that when did you start serving in the church, and when did you think it affect, how did you think it affected your family's spiritual well-being?
3: Well, I, my husband and I started serving in the church when it began. And the Lord gave us a small job to greet people at the door and to make them to feel welcome and loved. And uh, we tried to teach our children to love and to love God, to serve God and to be faithful in what we do. You know, the Lord tells us if we train our child up in the way they should go yeah. when they grow older they won't Come depart on. from it so we've always tried to show them to be faithful you know not just every now and then but to be faithful in what you do and how you love the lord and and how you want people to love you treat people as you want them to treat you yeah and so you know i love this church i always have and the children, I love the children when they come through the door and when they run up to me and, and hug me, you know, and that just makes you feel so good because they see the love of Jesus in you that you try to give to them. The grown ups, you're okay. But the, <laughs> but the children, they come first. I always want the children first. Yeah. Because they are the future of our church.
0: That's right.
3: And we have to teach them.
0: It's so good.
3: So, that's all. That's all, I just love all you guys.
0: You know what, you probably over the years in 40 something years had tons of opportunities to quit, to be offended, to leave. What, What kept you in the house of God?
3: You know, I think it's to be good just to be faithful no matter what, because we know that God's gonna bring us through. Come on. You know, he's got his hand upon this church and upon your lives, and no matter what, he'll bring you through it. That's right. You know, if you trust him and obey him, he will bring you through, no matter what. And even though we make mistakes in our lives, you know, we're not perfect parents. None of us are perfect parents. But with God's help, he helps us to teach our children. And when they make mistakes, you know, we've got to make them realize that they can go to the Lord and he'll still love them no matter what. And bring them, bring us through. Yeah. Because our hope is in him and to go be with him someday. Yeah. So keep your feet. On the straight and narrow path, Come on. as close as you can
0: with Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's somebody's word today, right there. That's good. Thank you. She's done. Cece, She's
2: done. Now, Ooh. for you, you are
0: her, you are her child. But you was raising her home. Uh, what was that like having a mom that was just committed to the house of God? What did that communicate to you?
2: Mm. She. <laughs> She definitely loves the Lord, for sure. Um, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here where I'm at now. She, uh don't know this, but when I used to get up in middle school, she'd be in the living room with her Bible and her cassette, Bible tape, some of y'all don't know what that is, cassettes, <laughs> with her cup of coffee in there, reading her word, listening. I said I wasn't gonna cry. Mm. I love her more than anything in the world. I give her a hard time a lot. <laughs> I got a lot of daddy in me, but she's my everything. She's been a hard worker. I mean, a very hard worker. She still works to this day. Uh, I worry about her all the time, and I'm like, Mom, just look at your surroundings. And she's like, I've already pleaded the blood of Jesus over Come me. On. I Come be on. Come on. <laughs> you can't live in fear. So. She is my world,
0: and I love her very, very much. I love that, I love that. I wanted them to show the power of being committed to the house of God, and how that impacts generationally. How that impacts generationally, this is just not about one generation, this is about the next generation. And I love what you said, hugging the kids, loving the kids, and a few weeks ago, we were talking to some people, and Lena, bumped me in the lobby, this little kid was talking to me, she said, get down on your knees and talk to that kid. And I was like, yikes, okay, chill, woman, you know? <laughs> but she was what she, what she reminded me is that these kids matter, let them know they matter. So I got down on my knees, looked that kid eye to eye, and I remember thinking later that it is so important for kids to feel they matter at our church. And this is just not an adult church, it's a family church. And I thank you for being a part of helping us create that A Vibrant Church. Miss Crystal Cunningham, the world-renowned, world-famous, wife of the legendary Tyson Cunningham. (laughs) Hail State, somebody. Now, you have three beautiful children. All of them were at my house the other night. All the pastor's kids were at my house the other night, and let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I gotta move on. We made great memories, because that's all they're ever gonna be. They ain't ever coming back. (laughs) Ain't ever coming back. Pastor Tommy and Haley's daughter put a hole in my wall that big. (laughs) Cade was running around my house with a fake sword, stabbing everybody.
2: I didn't, I I thought he was a really calm kid. And she was like,
0: Proved us wrong. "Um,
2: I'm afraid for him to be around Judah. I'm like, why? He's so good. He's gonna turn him back. And he's still
0: a good kid, but he's, he is loud. Like, I was surprised. <laughs> it was he
2: funny. He was in character. He was going to fight everyone.
0: And,
4: I, I tried to tell you.
0: And, what was funny is that when, Ju, when he left, Judah was acting so bad after your kid <laughs> got around my kid. It's the to fake. <laughs> I mean, I know. <laughs> well, just get a good look around. You ain't, ain't coming to my house again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Kinda. Anyway, listen. <laughs> you have raising three kids. You have a successful business. You got a husband in full-time ministry. How do you navigate all that in this season of like the, the of just the season of life that you guys find yourselves in?
4: With my favorite prayer, Lord help me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, um, we've always been in ministry and Tyson and I have been together for 18 years. So when we first got together on Sundays, we would go from church to church to church. And it's something we've always done. So when we started having children, it was like, you know, well, we don't have to welcome them or introduce them to a lifestyle. This is who we are and this is what we're gonna do. It's good. And so the only time the kids have a problem with coming to church is if they're here every single day, which is Cade. He's the (laughs) only one and he'll say, we're going to church again. (laughs) <laughs> and so you could imagine, I'm, a lot of times I'm, if I'm just honest, I, sometimes I yell, I'm like, sit down, stop, don't touch that, get your hand off the wall, <laughs> don't put a hole in my wall. And But I'll just have to stop and say, Lord, please help me. Yep. You know, these are my gifts that you gave me. You know, they're going to do great things. They won't be little forever. And I honestly have to stop sometimes and just look at them and mm. say, man, these are really my kids. Yeah. Lord, I don't know why you think I'm so important that you would give me these little kids. And, you know. That's good. It's not that I'm so important, but he knew exactly what we needed. And everything I prayed for in my life, like in different seasons, when I turned 29, I said, Lord, make me bold. Make me be able to stand up for myself and say, no, I don't want to do this. Or, you know, be comfortable in who I am. And so he gave me Christian the one that we actually prayed for. The other kids, they just kind of came. So, so he he gave us Christian. And
2: and then I, you know,
4: I wanted to be able to say, okay, God, I want to serve you. I want to do all I can. And there was a time where I was very resentful of the life that Tyson got to live because I was like, you know, man, he gets to travel with the basketball team. I'm at home with these kids. You know, like, why can't I ever go somewhere other than to the bathroom to clean up something that somebody done made a mess about, you know, but. (laughs) (laughs) So then he gave me Kyla, the fearless one. She's so matter of fact, and she's my spirit animal. Mm -hmm. And I I was very bad depressed with Kyla, and I just just didn't know. I was like, Lord, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna make it, because this girl is, she rough. (laughs) (laughs) And when she turned one, the day after her first birthday, I found out I was pregnant with Kate, and I went in the bathroom and told Tyson, "I'm gonna kill you <laughs> because there's no way I was just pregnant last year. Why?" <laughs> but honestly, like he he has given us everything we need. Lord, don't give us no more. Like you you, you know we're good, but it's it's it hasn't been. Uh, a crystal staircase, but it's been good and it's been teaching me to go to the Lord no matter what. If the kids are yelling, if they're crazy, if they're crying, Lord help me. You know, if I can't see what the rest of the day is gonna be like, Lord help me. You know, if somebody's just not having a good day, it's Lord help me, that's how I've made it.
0: That's good, that's very good. Why do we stretch our hands forth and prophesy triplets? (laughs) (laughs) Bring it God, bring it Lord. Well, I think you, you just represent so many people that are just navigating the trenches. You know, when you see somebody's Instagram or Facebook, they make you think that it's all good and great. But like, when we, at our house, it don't look like Instagram every day, you know? It's just like you're managing and, and, Probably never. and yeah, we're just. Probably never looks like Instagram. Never, <laughs> we're just figuring it out. And for, our, our church has grown so much in our age group with our ch- with children our age, and I want those families to know that, uh, that like, we're all in this together. You know, I can look down here and see Carl and Jill, who are, who's, I, I, me and Pastor Josiah married, right behind them, uh, their, his, their son and daughter-in-law, and they're a little bit of an older season, I thank God for all of that. But for those of us that are in, like, the holes in the wall <laughs> kind of stage, we can make this. Come on. Somebody said we can do this. We can do it. Now, Miss Jordan, uh, you know, I you're the one I know the least probably. I had to kind of figure some stuff out. I heard some amazing stuff about you. And me and you talked on the phone and you got me like really fired up talking on the phone this week about uh, your story. And why don't you kind of walk us through I know we're getting tight on time, but walk us through some of your story.
5: So I'm 27 now, but I had my first daughter when I was 15. So I had all the challenges of a teen mom, you know, but I was really thankful to have a great family, a good support system. My friends were actually very supportive and my church was also very supportive. I was really big in the youth group at that time. And I came to my youth pastor at the time and kind of let him know what was going on. And you know, as soon as I had my baby, they were holding her while I could attend youth group. You know, um, not that my family wouldn't, but they wanted her to come and they wanted her to see me grow up in church. You know, and so um, that was a pivotal time in my faith when a lot of times this isn't easy to talk about in church. You know, not that my family condoned my actions or the church condoned my actions, but they supported me despite them, and um, they loved on me despite them, and. It's really hard when you're a teen mom because everyone kind of writes you off. You know, I was actually in ninth grade when I had my daughter, and I'm. It feels like a very, you know, it feels like I lived through this, you know, kind of thing. But um, I was in ninth grade when I found out, and then also the end of my ninth grade year when I had my daughter, and so many people look at you and just say, "Oh, she'll never graduate high school. She'll never go to college. She'll never be anything." And people really told me that. You know, and I was thankful for my support system that told me otherwise. And um, I was able to finish high school. I ended up getting my bachelor's at Old Mess and then Come I went on. to occupational therapy school. And when I was in OT school, I started my business. And I do my business full-time now. We've been in business almost four years. And what's my daughter's the, what's 12.
0: The what's the name of your business?
5: Cobalt's Boutique. <laughs> yes. There you go.
0: Everybody hey, has embedded advertisement.
5: I'll see y'all on Tuesday. <laughs> you know, but... Um, <laughs> I've been really blessed and I will say that, I always say that my daughter was my testimony and I was saved in everything prior, but that's when I saw the Lord truly work in my life Mm -hmm. and I really had to lean on God because although I had a really good support system, no one knew what I was going through internally. You know, I could talk about it and things like that, but no one truly knew what I was struggling with, like the judgment and the words and you know, even though I knew I was a good person, you know. Nobody else thought that because of my situation, if that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah. that was the hardest part of it, but God really changed my mindset and um, I knew, I just kind of leaned on Him and put my faith in Him and that's when He really showed His hand in my life and He pulled me through a lot. And to be able to finish school and do all those things, of course my support system was the biggest part of that, but God really pulled me through some dark times. and. Um, he showed me that like, if I just put my faith in him, that he would pull me through it, and he did. Yeah. And he's been really faithful to me yeah. through everything. Yeah,
0: and I, yeah, awesome. And we were talking, and one of the reasons she got me really excited when we were talking was, I think it's really easy uh, for us to write her off. Like, I could tell you family after family when I was a youth pastor, just seasons in ministry, where these situations pop up, where things just happen, okay? And you got a really young girl or a really young guy and they've just made some decisions. And now we have a baby. And it's really easy for people to lose their mind. And and I get it, people gotta work through things. But that's a human life. And what we have to understand is what you said that, how did you word that on the phone? You may have said it a moment ago, this is not, yeah, how did you word that?
5: Um, so many people are like, oh, you made a mistake or things, and I'm like, this is not a mistake. This is a decision I made that God turned into something really beautiful. And my daughter, she's here, but she is literally the kindest, sweetest thing. Um, she's, there she is right
0: there, hiding.
5: <laughs> she's trying not to, she doesn't want is. the attention, but she truly is literally such a light, and yeah. this world will be nothing without her. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. I want to encourage all of you and when you to listen if this pops up in your family if you notice her strength came from her support when they got around her and said hey listen this may not be ideal but we're going to love you and we're going to love this baby can I just tell you as your pastor this is not the time to abandon people it's the time we gather around people we love people you understand they may make mistakes but God makes all things work together for the good and we don't wanna push people out because of the decisions that they've made, if that's the case, ain't nobody allowed in here next Sunday. Right, we're all in here. I'm just one beggar telling another beggar where I found the bread. And when we come to the house of God, it's not always where you've been, it's about where you're going. Can I get an amen? amen? Now, down here, these two wonderful ladies. Miss Mary, who is Miss Haley, Pastor Tommy's wife's mother. So this is Pastor Tommy's mother-in-law. Pastor Tommy was telling me this week about some of your guys' story, and I was so touched to see, when I, I think what's important, when we see people at church, you just don't know what they've lived through. You don't know what they've walked. You don't, know the, you don't know the seasons they've lived through. You don't know the darkness they've lived in. You didn't know that she has a son with a situation and didn't know these things. When he informed me, I would have never believed it because of the, the faithfulness of God. Them sit always back somewhere over here. They always sit over here and you're faithful. And when Pastor Tommy was informing me of some of your story, Sometimes now, just seeing you in the back green room, just looking you in the eyes, I feel totally different about you, just because I know you are a strong woman. Can you tell us a little bit about your story?
6: Well, um, we had a little boy, and um, unknown to us, he was born with a heart defect. And um, the day I took him to school, he um, he didn't want to go. He didn't want to go that day. He begged me to stay home. But sometimes he would play sick, and, you know, and I'd let him stay. And I'd say, look, boy, I ain't going to jail. You know, you've got to go to school. <laughs> and um, so, anyway, um, two hours later, you know, uh, we got a call and said that he had collapsed at school, and it was in the ER, and when I got there, my husband, Jimmy, he was at, at the door, and I saw his face, and you know, I just, what, what's going on, you know, what, what's, what, why is he here, and he said he's not breathing on his own, and I thought, they don't, it was right after Halloween, so I thought they, he had got a hold of some bad candy or something at school, you know, or, you know, I just couldn't imagine what had happened. And they got me and they took me and they put us back in a room, you know, we, we didn't have any answers, but I just saw all these people in there. His teacher was there and... I'm like, what's going on? What, what? You know, I just couldn't get it together. And, but I knew it was something bad, just something bad. But then when the doctor came in and told us that he was gone, you know, it's just, Mm. it just took the life out of me. Mm. And because, I mean, what ha- why, what happened? And it was just unexplainable. Well, they had to do an autopsy on him, and he was born with um, only one artery to his heart. And when he was running oh. across the playground, you know, it just wouldn't pump enough, and oh. he just collapsed right there and died. But God has been so good to us, you know, He he has helped us, He has blessed us, and He has brought us through this terrible situation, you know. And I don't know if I can do this. We never knew anything was wrong with his heart. If I think if we had, I think we'd have just sit him over there and not let him be the active, happy little child that he was because, I mean, we had no idea, no idea whatsoever. And I've had two miscarriages also, you know, and then you think, Lord, why, why me? Why? What, mm. what did I do? You know, I, I've tried to live for you and everything, but, you know, life is life. And you have, to just, you have to just pray. You have to give it to the Lord, and you just have to go on. You know, and even though you have grief in your heart, you can also have hope because I know one day that I'm going to see him again. That's right. And my other two babies.
0: That's right.
6: You know, and um, the Lord's blessed me. He's he's given me a beautiful daughter that she has been. I mean, she has been one of the best blessings that I've ever had. And then I have Ansley and Henry Mm -hmm. and you know the little wall destroyer. Oh yeah. (laughs) I know her well. (laughs) But she's she's good. Yes, she
0: (laughs) is. Normally good, yeah, normally. (laughs) She did. Can I ask you a question? How old was your son?
6: He was six. He had just turned six.
0: Wow. And what you said is so true. Uh, The Bible says, we do not grieve like those that have no hope. The Bible doesn't say that we don't grieve. The sentence doesn't end there. It says we'll grieve, but we don't grieve like those that don't have hope. We today, for those of you that have lost children, for those of you that have had miscarriages, for those of you that have had stillbirth, can I tell you today, when you get to heaven, I believe you're going to see those babies early on in your arrival. You're going to see your family and you get to spend eternity with your babies. I believe that. Thank you for sharing today. You're a strong woman. You're you're awesome. You're awesome. And uh, you you need to take Ainsley and train her in the way (laughs) that she should go. (laughs) Miss Latoya, people need to know that even when you was telling me more of, your, I knew some of your story, but I didn't know all of your story. And I know we're, we're a little over time. I know we got a second service coming. But you need to know, LaToya's, are we have two personal prayer intercessors, my wife and I, that we have asked to pray for us every day. And of course, we have a wonderful prayer team and all that, but we asked two people. And I was in a prayer service with Miss LaToya and felt when she prayed, you could feel when she prays. That's the kind of prayer I want to. I need someone, they pray. I don't, we ain't playing, we can't. When I'm fighting the devil, I need someone to get ugly with it. And uh, she, gets, <laughs> she gets ugly with it. Her and my Aunt Susie are our prayer intercessors that we, they pray for us, they will we'll submit our schedule. When I'm flying, when I'm in the air, they'll be praying for me. When I'm preaching, they get, what time on Mondays you guys get on the phone and pray? 4.30. What time?
7: Four thirty. Our time, 5.30.
0: A.M. or Uh, P.M.? (laughs) P.M. Just checking. It's like, wow, you really love me. So every week, you guys get on the phone, pray for my family, pray for this church. I appreciate that so much. But LaToya, you have a a fascinating life story.
7: Woo, okay. Well, um, all my life I knew I wanted to be three things. I wanted to be a nurse, I wanted to be a wife, and I wanted to be a mother. And I wanted to be a mother of 13. Thank you, Lord. Well, I did. (laughs) But um, so that's what I focused on, that's what I prayed. Well, I, I didn't grow up in church. I used to attend church sometimes with my friends, but I didn't know the Lord. So when I did get in a relationship with my ex-husband, we actually had our first son, and um, right after we found out, right after we had him, we found out we were pregnant again. And he did not want it, I didn't, I was afraid. So we, honestly, we had an abortion. And three months later, we were pregnant again. So um, we had my second son, and um, our relationship was just bad from the start. Bad. We were supposed to get married, then we didn't. Then we were supposed to, and we didn't. And then in '06, um, we were supposed to get married again, and you know, practicing celibacy. And one night, um, February 13th of '06, that broke, and I found out I was pregnant again. And in that time, I was deep into uh, ministry at the church I was at, and I felt like God is gonna, he's so disappointed in me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wore that cloak of shame. And so I talked to him, and he um, gave me the money and sent me to have an abortion. So I had the second abortion, and after that, I complete, I went into deep depression to the point where I I did co- try to commit suicide. I attempted it, um, took a bottle of Xanax, and my mom, who was absolutely wonderful, and she always had my back. I didn't tell her everything I was going through. I just t- told her bits and pieces of it, but she was there, and she... I was in nursing school at the time. Just grades were terrible, but she nursed me back to health. I think I took the pills on that Friday, and she watched me and nursed me until I finally woke up. I didn't go to the hospital. But um, until I finally woke up that Sunday night, Um, I had just every... I used the bathroom on myself. I did everything in the bed. Did not move. But um, after that, um, that next year, we finally got married. And um, he, the one child we did plan, we had him, and as soon as we had well, as soon as I f- he wanted the baby, um, as soon as we found out I was pregnant, he took off again. So he was always in and out of the house, but he left. Um, came back, took me to the hospital to have the baby. As soon as I had the baby, he took off again. Mm. He He's not a bad person. He just had so much going on in his own life and the things that happened in his past. He couldn't be the type of father or husband at all that um, was needed. Um, so... After having three children, we got divorced in 2011. And um, a lot of stuff happened where my dad got sick. I had prayed and the Holy Spirit told me he was gonna move me. But as soon as he told me he was gonna move me, my dad came. He had cancer. He, uh, we found out he had stomach cancer. Eight months later, he passed. And right after that, I was in a relationship with the guy and got pregnant and didn't realize I was pregnant with triplets. And, oh, yeah. my Lord. <laughs> um, I found that out when I thought, I knew I was having um, a miscarriage. Went to the doctor, and she told me that I had had a miscarriage of one of the babies. The other two were fine. And I just, I was like, what other two? But um, <laughs> um, but I had my babies, and then um, I found out that I was, where I was moving, moved to Uh, Clinton, Mississippi by myself with five children. Did not know where we were gonna live. I just knew the Lord sent me there and I'm going. But long story short, blessings came out of nowhere. And um, my family thrived there. And in the midst, um, that's when I learned how to pray. That's when I learned how to intercede. And my ex-husband came back. And we got married again. And three weeks later, he left again. So um, we were kind of abandoned in Clinton with five children. And, but I told the Holy Spirit when I left, I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. I don't care if I end up sleeping in the car. I was this close to sleeping in the car because when he left, he um, didn't pay the rent like he said he was. And we ended up getting evicted. <laughs> For a week, we stayed in a hotel. But money came out of nowhere. I continued to pay my tithes faithfully. But um, the the entire time, I I did what I had not done in the beginning, and that was stay with God, stay praying, stay, you know, crying out to him. I still wake up to this day at 2, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning. And it's not because I want to. It's because I have to. But that was, I woke up. I was by myself with five children. Yeah and uh, worked in Jackson, kids in Clinton, it was mm. all crazy. But my children are all different. Oh, and mind you, I have a stepson and a cousin that I raised when his mom passed. I raised him in 11 and my stepson was in and out of my home even before, after, and during his father and I were together. But those are my babies. And I have seven different personalities that I have to figure out on a daily basis. <laughs> but there's a lot of strength that comes with that because I have one right now that we're getting tested for autism because I can't leave the house in the morning a lot of times because she, the smallest things elevate her and she cuts up and there's a hole in my wall too. Yeah. So, <laughs> But throughout all of this, God yep. has shown himself to be truly faithful in my life. And yeah. when I think I can't do it, he shows me where I can yeah. and that he has me.
0: So. Let me say this. Two things. Number one, When you see somebody worshiping, she always sits, LaToya always sits over here, when you see her worshiping and praising God, it's not always because she's had it right, it's because God's got it right. Mm -hmm. It means a whole lot different when you know their story. And number two, number two, for those of you, and we're gonna wrap up here, we're running out of time, we gotta get your kids checked out of kids ministry, and we got a second service coming, but I want you to hear me for people whose story is just complicated. She married the same guy twice. She's had several abortions, been through a lot, raising these kids. You you are the embodiment of complicated, (laughs) respectfully. I want you to know today, shame off of you. What the enemy could do to you, the decisions, whether we made them or the devil influenced them, we can stand strong today because there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Aren't you thankful for a God that despite where we fail and we make mistakes, he could wash us in the blood, he could save us, heal us, and deliver us. Aren't you thankful for that on Mother's Day? One more time, I know you've clapped a lot. Can you let all of our ladies know how much you appreciate them, thank God for them? Will you stand with us all over the room? I would love to have the opportunity to pray with you. All these women are going to be available. Come on up here, Lena. All these women are going to be available after service in the lobby, and uh, if you want to talk to them. But we want to pray with you that this Mother's Day has encouraged you and strengthened you, that no matter what walk of life you come from, that God can find you right where you are. And not only for the women. Men, you hear me right now? The same God that could help Hannah in the Bible can help Samuel in the Bible. The same God that helped Ruth can help David. The same God who helps women can also help men. And so today with eyes closed all over the room, if you're in the room today and you don't know Jesus, maybe you've drifted, you feel the love of God, you feel like you've just sensed a distance, or maybe you've fallen off track, maybe you've never known Jesus, Today is a great day. Somebody say great day to say yes to Jesus. All over this room, if you feel like you have no purpose, you feel alone, you feel like you need your sins washed in your life, I want you right now, right where you are, to raise your hand nice and high. Say, Pastor, include me in this prayer. Come on, raise your hand. Say, I want to know this, Jesus. Thank you for those hands. I want to rededicate my life. Thank you for those hands today. Thank you, thank you. Let's pray together, everyone, all at one time. Say, Dear God, God. forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean with your blood. Make me new. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose again. And today, and today is a new day. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, put your hands together, church.